Hello and welcome to the Wilt Chamberlain episode of the Hoop Theory Podcast, aka episode 13. My name is Logan Wortman. Before you listen to this new episode, I just wanted to hop on here, do an intro, let you guys know that I got some pretty big news. Having my first noteworthy guest on the podcast. I guess, you know, that's subjective. Some people might consider Jacob and Anthony noteworthy. But um, yeah, I'm having an NBA player as a guest on the podcast. And it's former Nebraska Cornhusker Isaiah Roby. Super thankful to my brother-in-law Tanner uh, for setting that up, arranging that. But yeah, the interview went really well. I was still working on this episode that you're about to listen to. So, you know, I want to put that out first. And it kind of works well with, you know, just announcing that that's going to be on the next episode instead of just surprise dropping it, I guess. But yeah, Isaiah Roby was in town in Lincoln. Got to meet him downtown at the hotel he was staying at. Record a pod. We recorded for over an hour. So, and even the edited down version that you're going to be hearing is still, I think, an hour and one minute, something like that. I only cut out a total of like four minutes just with pauses and whatnot. And also, I started recording before we really started what was going to be on the podcast by a little bit. So, yeah, very little was cut out. I will tell you more about it in next episode in the intro to that which should be coming out basically a week after this episode drops, maybe sooner, I guess. I I don't know exactly what I want to do yet, but it'll probably be ready pretty soon because I've already already edited the the whole interview portion of it before I even finish this episode just because I was excited to do it. So now I just need to do an intro and outro for it and upload that thing. So yeah, we talked for a long time, went all the way through a bunch of questions I had, uh, basically, you know, chronologically through his life. Uh, starting when he was a kid, growing up, to high school, to college in Nebraska. His last year with the Huskers kind of dove deeper into that season. Um, his experience getting drafted, just you know, general things about the NBA, teammates he's had, and his journey throughout the league so far, from Dallas to OKC, and now to San Antonio. So yeah, I think it's going to be a really good episode. Hopefully you guys enjoy it. But yeah, uh, another reason I also wanted to top this episode that you're about to listen to, um, top it off with an intro, was to warn you guys of some technical difficulties about this episode. That's the main reason why this one has taken so long to edit through, because I you know, was originally having Anthony on as my primary guest for this episode to talk about Sixers, and then there's that Jalen Brown, Celtics, KD trade news uh, that dropped um, like rumors and stuff like that, uh, that dropped the day that we were going to record this. Um, so then we just threw Jacob into the mix to kind of, uh, get his reaction real time and break down that. So that's what we kind of start the episode off with. But the big issue was, uh, Anthony's microphone, something was wrong with it. It was, it was chopping in and out. The audio is super choppy, super clippy. Sounds like it's glitching like all the time. I thought, uh, Jacob and I both thought it was just the discord call. So we just couldn't really understand it very well. And we were just trying to, I guess, salvage what we could of the episode, doing it that way, where sometimes we didn't even know what Anthony was saying. But yeah, it became a lot harder to salvage when I actually heard the audio file was also really messed up. So uh, that is the reason why you're not going to be hearing Anthony very much, especially at the beginning. Towards the later end of the episode, I leave some of his sentences or interjections and, and things in a little bit more often. Uh, just because he he was talking a lot more 
in the second half and Jacob was talking a lot less, so it was kind of hard <laughs> to do it any other way. But yeah, I, I don't think there's anything too horrible in there that you just won't be able to stand at all. But yeah, just that I would give you guys a warning. Yeah, still wanted to put this episode up though. Didn't want it to be a lost episode because I thought a lot of it was really, really good. The stuff that I was able to salvage. Um, we got into some really good stuff. Jacob was very candid and entertaining as usual. But yeah, he was really on his game for this episode. So yeah, um, I'll let you guys get into it. Let's just cue that intro music again. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to the Wilt Chamberlain episode of the Hoop Theory Podcast, aka episode 13. My name is Logan Wortman and today I'm joined by the two usual suspects, Jacob Roth and Anthony Letzvenuk. How's it going? It's going. The original plan for this episode was that I was going to just have Anthony on to talk about the Sixers, but there were some what you might call developments that happened today in the NBA world. And these developments have already had and will continue to have a direct effect on Jacob's mental health. So it just made sense to throw him into this. But yeah, so we'll start off with that. Obviously, Kevin Durant, he's requested a trade from the Brooklyn Nets, and that's been the main story of the NBA the last several weeks now. The Celtics were among the contenders for where he might land, but now it looks like they've broken ahead a little bit as you know one of the for real primary landing spots. And so I think it was Shams, right? Shams tweeted this out. So Woj said something last night. And Shams confirmed it this morning because nobody has faith in Woj anymore because he, like, jumps at whenever he hears news. So that's so it was Woj first and then Shams with, like, the, the backup, the next volley of information that everyone... Mm. Like, that's why everybody collectively lost their minds this morning was because Shams was this morning. Woj was, like, early, late last night. Gotcha. Yeah, so big thing that dropped was that Jalen Brown was offered in a trade for Kevin Durant. The details of that deal was Jalen Brown and Derek White, as well as a draft pick, which I don't know the specifics on that. Do we know if it was a first rounder? I believe it was an unprotected, or was that maybe what it turned into? It was an unprotected first round in 2026, I think. Mm. Thank you, Jacob, for the details. Can't do this without you. And so the proposal was rejected. And they countered with, like, I guess asking for Marcus Smart on top of that, and then another draft pick, potentially more. And even also on top of that, potentially another rotation player. So they're asking for quite a haul for Kevin Durant. You're talking about Jalen Brown plus, like, you know, a whole nother, like, deal on top of that for Kevin Durant, which there's some people you ask if, like, so there's some, probably some people out there that wouldn't trade Brown for Durant straight up. And I think Jacob might be one of those people. Yes, so, I am. Sorry. Let's just turn this over to Jacob. Okay. So one thing that I've, I've gone through my deep dive, I've looked at my Celtics beat writers and not read it because the Reddit people are a bunch of mouth breathers, but I've gone and I've looked at all my Celtics beat writers and I'm almost positive that this wasn't like two weeks ago. This was the thing that was thrown out there as like a, what does the market look like? Mm-hmm. Like Brad Stevens threw out a line. It was a couple weeks ago. And this is the man that made me, hold on. I got to find the exact tweet because I don't want to mistweet um, the man. But 
So pretty much what it was is this was a couple weeks ago. Brian Windhorst was one of the people that was like, no, this this came out like a week ago. This is not a now thing that, that happened. Mm-hmm. So that was something that made me a little bit more at ease. And then I, it's Mike Murphy. I'm almost positive it is, but I just want to make sure I don't misquote him. Mm-hmm. Mike Murphy is like, so the hierarchy for Celtics like info, Jackie Mack. Sorry, nobody else can see. It's Jackie Mack at the very top, <laughs> and then under that, I consider Mike Murray right there as like the next guy. Mike Murray, right? I think it's Mike Murray. Mike Murphy. Murphy. Right? Yeah, Mike Murphy. Um, and he tweeted that someone in and like whenever he says something, he doesn't tweet all that often. Whenever he says something, it's like gospel. It's it's not wrong. Jalen Brown had been talked to about this already. He likes it in Boston. He was two wins away from winning the finals. Mm-hmm. He is like content with where he's at. And then somebody else gave the perspective that I was like, awesome. Is if you're Jalen Brown, that's a compliment. You're the singular trade piece in a deal for the second best player in the NBA, third best player in the NBA. Yeah, at least top three. And you're you're like the main piece. So I know that he was Celtics fans, a bunch of mouth breathers a lot of the time, and don't like they don't have this. They were poisoned by the poop face himself, Danny Ainge. And they don't have any loyalty to anybody, and it makes me cry. <laughs> I was so like I was like I've talked about it even when we lost the finals. I said we weren't supposed to be in the finals this year, but I've got three more years with this super fun team that I get to watch unshifted, mm-hmm. unchanged. Brattle draft and maybe slide some bench pieces around, turn yeah. Daniel Tice into Malcolm Brogdon. Yeah, exactly. Do some crazy voodoo magic. But I pray that this was just like a test out the feelers and not like a real thing that he would have done. Because that makes us worse. There's not a snowball in anywhere. Like, there's nowhere that this does, this does not make us worse. We have more consistent that offense. Deal that was... The first deal. Either deal. No matter. The first deal. Especially the Marcus Smart deal. Yeah. The only thing that, that keeps us in games is defense. We were a quarter away twice from exiting in the semis and then the Eastern Conference Finals. A quarter away. Just one bad quarter where our defense slipped up and we're not in the we're not in the finals. So losing our defensive core, our raw raw guy, our I'm gonna be hot for a quarter drop twenty. Like we're losing all these like pieces that a championship team needs for Kevin Durant. And I say that and it sounds bad, but <laughs> who knows if Kevin Durant wants to be in Boston for more than a year and a half? Yeah, he's homies with Kyrie, and that's not a stamp of approval to me personally. No, I find that almost a character flaw. Being a bro with Kyrie. Also, another thing. Jalen Brown and Kyrie Irving hate each other. Like, maybe hate's a strong word. No, they never got along. And this is a thing that you got to go dig deep. When they were on the same team, it was it was not Marcus Smart and Kyrie getting at it. It was Jalen Brown pre-cutting off the flat top and Kyrie going at it. They did not get along. So saying they should be on the same team is dumb to me but then apparently he's been hanging out with kanye and Kyrie or something recently so maybe bridges have been waters under the bridge Mm -hmm. i pray that he's not gone sorry i rambled for a long time but i my as logan said i my mental state i literally told my boss today that if jalen brown gets traded i'm calling in sick (laughs) i straight up looked at my boss today and said that he goes why i said because i'm not going to be in a mental state to be able to talk to anybody i'm just going to be a (laughs) i'm yeah, man, big Jalen guy over here. Honestly, if that still would have been for Tatum, this is going to sound bad. Don't know if I would have been as upset. Really? Because, like, 
uh, on court, I probably would have been bummed. But in terms of yeah. what Jalen Brown is for the Boston culture, hmm. that's a big deal. Because, like, he's, like, a prominent black figure, and this is going to be... Everybody thinks Boston fans are racist for some reason. They are. I literally want to cut Anthony with a sharp spoon. <laughs> um, but Boston... Like, okay, this is what blows my mind. I'll go... Never mind. I won't, I won't go down that rabbit hole about LeBron. But... Like, and so Jalen's like this prominent person, works on the Boston community, great for the Boston community. Everybody, no one doesn't like Jalen Brown. The only people that do are mouth breathers that probably are from Philadelphia that moved. Those are the only people that don't like Jalen Brown. Also, you know what's really hilarious, Anthony? You could have had Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, but you didn't follow the right path. You could have had a big three of Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Joel Embiid. How does that feel? You could have been the Bulls, but guess what? You're not. You're a, we going to lose to the Heat? Who loses to the Heat anymore? Not Boston. Wow. All right. So there was a lot to unpack there. Uh, you mentioned that Kanye and Kyrie and Jalen Brown are all hanging out, which is a trio I never would have thought up. I'm pretty sure that was the trio. See, this is worth a goog. Yeah. But also, for all of you out there listening, um, there's a reason that Logan doesn't put me and Anthony on the same podcast all that often. We kind of be turned into degenerates and just kind of poop on each other's teams. Um, even though I think we both secretly kind of have a crush on the other person's team. Maybe it's not a secret. I'm a big fan of Joel Embiid. I also uh, like Matisse Thibel. And Brett Brown's one of my favorite head coaches of all time. So I'm a Sixer through and through, just not as much as I'm a Celtics fan, you know? So there's a, there's a respect there. But yeah, Jalen Brown, Kanye West... And Kyrie, that I maybe it was a Photoshop picture, but I'm pretty sure it's real. That sounds like such a weird group. Or, or maybe it's Jalen Brown and Kyrie are friends, and then I no, think they are. Jay, I, no, Jalen Brown and Kanye are friends, and oh, Kanye and okay. Kyrie are friends. Jalen Brown and Kyrie, at least when they were both on the Celtics, did not get along. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm misremembering for like Tatum instead of Brown, but. I've noticed, like, when, at least when Tatum and Kyrie interact, it's always been, like, super friendly. Yep. But. Kyrie Irving spotted meeting with Kanye West, Jalen Brown, amid trade rumors. So this was on the 16th of July. Mm. But they were all being friendly to each other. Okay. Actually, I, I vaguely remember that now, now that you bring that up. But, yeah, anyways, the thing you said about your team being worse with the second trade, like what they've counter offered with, I definitely agree with you there with giving up Brown along with smart and Derek white, and then potentially another rotation player with picks like that. I feel like that's too much. The first one, the first deal I honestly kind of can get down with. Like you are so wrong. Like I, I can see the Celtics fan that wouldn't want this trade to happen. I could definitely get behind that. But I could also get behind the like argument of the other side of it. Like you want to trade <clears throat> Brown and White in to win a championship right now. Like that's what I think makes it a good trade. Is it's like it's very close to me at least. Uh, you can make an but argument. Why would we trade laterally? How is it laterally when you're trading somebody for like Jalen Brown, who's your clear number two? Who's the ball handle off the bench now? Peyton Pritchard. Well, you have Malcolm Brogdon now with Marcus Smart. I guess I forgot about that trade. But, I forgot that doesn't seem real, but yeah, I forgot about that. Like, you're trading in Brown for one of the best, like, scores to ever exist. 
and he's like still in his prime. I just I don't think he's in his prime. I I don't like it. Don't get me wrong, I really like this team whether or not they make this move. Like Celtics, I said last week that Celtics are probably my pick for the finals like winning it all next year just with the roster as currently constructed. I think this trade could make them better, but it's also more risky. Like I think the their ceiling could be a little bit higher with getting Durant for this season, but you're also running the risk of Durant like being healthy and also wanting to play there, like Jacob mentioned. So, yeah, there's definitely a discussion to be had with it. I, I'd agree with that. Also, Jalen um, Brown and Jason Tatum are friend, friends with each other. They genuinely like yeah. each other, and that does not happen with all NBA duos like ever. Mm-hmm. No, I, I get it. I, I can see why it would really bother somebody. I know how you feel, I guess, if that makes you feel any better. No, it's fine. I, I'm not budging on how I feel about this one. If we, I think I texted you guys. If we trade, if they trade this, it will not be a we traded. I am gone. Oh, yeah. Following Jalen or my allegiance is up for grabs. <laughs> I am this dead set on. And I literally, I've got a buddy that can get jerseys. Anyway, that doesn't matter. I have every single starter from this season in a jersey. I've got all of them. Oh, wow. Robert Williams came in today. City edition. Nice. I am literally going to throw all of those in a garbage barrel. No, I won't. But <laughs> I will no I will no longer consider myself a Celtics fan. I will I am I never thought I'd be one of those player guys, but I might do it. I might go just pick up my Atlanta Hawks bandwagon and run with it again. Mm. Wind back the clock two years. <laughs> okay. Well so with the KD trade, just kinda capping off that, like I, I kinda can't really see Brooklyn getting a better deal than this anywhere else. Not not the one that was originally offered, but like the one that they countered for. Like, there's no way they're getting a deal like that um, anywhere, in my opinion. So honestly, it feels like like how surprised would you guys be if we go through this entire next season with KD still on the Nets? I think I said that last episode that I think he ends up staying in Brooklyn. Oh, that's your prediction? Oh yeah. Okay. Because none of the other places, if Brooklyn's going to want this, like, if, like, they're going to make this giant, oh, we need this target the size of, like, bigger than the hall that we that Anthony Davis pulled, teams don't have that right now. And especially not the teams that Kevin Durant said I'd play for. Yeah. Like, Kevin's like, I need to go to a winner. Winners don't have assets like that, really. Toronto. They either spent, huh? Toronto. I feel like that, that is one that could work yeah no that's I, I don't know if he wants to play there but i think but no the teams he literally boston wasn't even a team he wanted and maybe that's because did he, he have a list no it was phoenix or the heat oh you're you know right. the two number one seats mm-hmm. yeah you're right. and then i was like well maybe he just didn't say boston because haha you lose to one team in the in the playoffs then you go to the team that beat you and then you do it again <laughs> because that's what would have happened because they got swept this year but it's not happening, and if it does, I honestly might just go full football, and just that actually might be the what really happens is I just shun basketball for like five years and come back a new man. When Tatum is like on it, you know, winning his second MVP. No, and... when Deuce is balling out, that's when I'll come back. Oh, okay, <laughs> way down the line. It'll be worth it. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll move on now to I wanted to talk about 
rookie of the year predictions and a couple other things just kind of somewhat like odds stuff you know i took a look at FanDuel and what they have for their odds right now uh for this upcoming season and um i guess right off the bat we have paulo mccaro obviously is the leader in the rookie of the year for odds but i actually saw some other sources had chet number one so just starting there paulo versus chet for rookie of the year where do you guys lean for me honestly i think it could turn into a because let's say the thunder are a team that i think could be playing not good but the thunder could be a sneaky play-in team and if the magic are still donkey like i think they're gonna be if it's a close race it could really turn into well Chet was the piece to flip his team from being a lottery pick to fighting for a spot in the play-in. Mm-hmm. Not that I get, think that that's 100% going to happen. I haven't looked at it close enough. But, like, if you look at that, Josh Giddy will be back. Mm-hmm. Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Lou Dort, the Twin Towers. Just kidding. Uh, Chet will play, but I, I don't think Poku will play that much. He might. But, like, yeah. that's, a, that's a team that's enticing to me. So if they make, like, a semi-okay-ish playoff run, not playoff run, but push for the playoffs – and the Magic are still bottom feeder turds, and like it's like close, I wouldn't be surprised if it's like, oh, look at Chet taking a small market OKC, making the most of his opportunity, and it's close. But I think it's between those two. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Keegan Murray's another one that I thought about and I looked into, but Iowa sucks. Um, but he's like another... And he has the third best odds. He has the third best odds, like which is odd. I would think that it would just be the big three, you know, but... Well, he had a really um, good summer league, and he like... Not that that means anything literally at all. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it's – I just – I the summer league doesn't mean anything. But I, Iowa sucks. My, my top three originally was Mancaro, Murray, and Ivy. Yeah, I definitely could feel some Ivy. Like that's one, one of the guys that I think about, and I'm like I could definitely see that happening, him just tearing up those crappy Eastern teams <laughs> this upcoming season. But yeah, Jacob makes a good point too with like the team success thing, which feels like it has been more like relevant mm-hmm. in the rookie of the year discussion these past few years. And with the magic, like I, I at first when Jacob kept saying they're going to be really bad, I was like, I, I kind of like, you know, some of the guys that they have going now. But when you really stop to think about it, I just feel like there's so many good teams and good players in the NBA right now that it's hard to find a team that you think is going to be bad. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just weird. Like the magic, uh, you would think that they just cause how bad they were last year and stuff, but bringing in Paulo Bancaro. And then I think Jalen Suggs just had a down rookie season and he was injured for a good yeah. portion of it. I think he's still going to be a good player. Um, Franz Wagner had a really good rookie season. Wendell Carter, he's been playing well as a magic so, yeah, it's it's weird to think about, but somebody's got to lose games. <laughs> but, yeah, so the odds drop off a cliff after Matherin at 6 to Shaden Sharp at 7. But I think that that top 6 makes a lot of sense. But yeah, I think my number one pick would also be Bancaro. I like Murray, but I kind of was thinking of him more before I saw these odds as like a sleeper pick. But his odds are actually, uh, they kind of reflect how i feel about it (laughs) so then it's not really a sleeper pick at that point but yeah and then ivy was the other good one so yeah and i thought we could also do this with the mvp discussion which i think is an even more interesting conversation because i think there's more that can happen honestly with this one it feels like going into this one like there's not a 
total clear favorite. FanDuel does have Luka as number one. Again, this is the third year in a row that he's been the odds leader. Jeez. But it, does it really feel like to you guys that this is we're about to see a Luka Doncic like clear MVP season? Nope. No. I feel the same way. I just don't. Th- I don't know why. It just doesn't feel. I feel like there's going to be like this will be the year of the like. This is going to. But like Embiid will finally get his hopeful shot. Mm. Like then you, I think you'll see guys like it's going to sound like Brandon Ingram. Will some for some reason be in the conversation for a little while? LeBron can make a last push and have just a nuts year. Don't sleep on Zion either. I'd like to throw Jason Tatum in there. I I don't know. I just feel like this is going to be a weird year for MVP. Mm-hmm. What did you say, Anthony? I said don't sleep on Zion when he uh, mentioned Ingram. Thank you for mentioning that. That's probably the main reason I wanted to talk about this was, and it was really funny how Jacob brought up Brandon Ingram. Um, I noticed that Zion, his odds are really, really low. He's plus uh, 6,500. So he's below Dame, Cat, AD, Jimmy, Trey Young, Devin Booker, LeBron, Kawhi, Ja, Tatum, Curry, Durant, Jokic, Giannis, Embiid, and Luka. But I, I could totally see Zion having just a, you know, a dark horse sort of MVP candidacy type of season this year with everybody coming back in New Orleans, yeah. you know? Well, well, didn't he end the season averaging like 38 points per game? Yeah. Yeah, no, last season he was incredible, before, or two seasons ago now, I guess. I just don't think he can stay on the court a whole season. I'm still not convinced. And I think that it's just going to be a... And I, I would honestly throw my hat in the Jokic pit again if they weren't like so like, well, he hasn't done anything. He can't win two. Like, or win three, I mean. Like, I just... Mm-hmm. And also three times in a row is kind of insane. I just... Yeah. I just... I don't think he can stick around. That's why I didn't even think of Zion. Because I'm just... I forget that he's an NBA player sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't blame you. I thought, honestly, neither of you would think of him. That's kind of what I was hoping for going into this. I think it will just be the same top three. Yeah, that's probably a good bet, honestly. Earlier when I mentioned KD, or Jacob was talking about KD, I said he's, like, at least top three. I honestly want to take that back now because just thinking about Jokic and Bede and Giannis, I think they deserve, you know, that top three spot, all of them right now. So mm-hmm. I think you can call, throw KD in there to make it four in any which order, but I think you got to include all those guys. Yeah. Yeah. With LeBron, obviously another one you got to kind of throw in there, but um, Lakers, I obviously don't have the highest of hopes for them this, this season with good reason, but you still just can't really count him out yet, you know. So, but guys I'd have above him, I might throw Tatum in there. The Jokic one is interesting to me because obviously the first thing you think of as a comparison is Giannis last season um, was like, you know, he, he no matter how good he plays, it felt like, it was like he can't win three in a row unless, you know, it's really above and beyond everybody else. And... I feel a similar type of way with this one with Jokic just because, you know, obviously it is win- winning three in a row and people are going to have voter fatigue with that. But also, I feel like Jokic this season has a better chance of winning three in a row than Giannis would have last season, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Just because of the previous two campaigns were both like Jokic is completely carrying his team while, you know, not having anybody around him. But this season, with everybody healthy, if they're just clearly like the best team in 
the regular season and, and stuff like that, he might have a totally different type of case. And I don't know, maybe voters will get on top of that. But I definitely would have Embiid and Giannis um, ranked over him, even probably Luka, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Mavs kind of scare me. They don't totally seem like upgraded this year with losing Brunson. Um, they added Wood, but you know, still doesn't feel like a super overwhelming you know threat in the West. Mm-hmm. Um, I I really thought they were gonna try and get, get Gobert. I think that's gonna be interesting to watch Cat and Gobert. Yeah. I think Towns will definitely I think he'll definitely show out on the offensive end will be really dynamic with like that pairing cuz you know Towns can just be a stretch four essentially um and have Gobert pressuring the rim so you got rim gravity and three point gravity yeah and then you kind of just have Ant Edwards out there doing the stuff that he does just being explosive and charming <laughs> he's fun to watch for sure um I was kind of not on the Edwards bandwagon for a while. Like definitely when he was a rookie um, and going into the draft and everything, I kind of, I don't know. I saw a bust kind of written all over him, mm-hmm. but he's definitely proved me wrong so far. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That'll be definitely interesting to watch and see progress. I just noticed they have Jamal Murray on here. It's really far down, but yeah. <laughs> still worth mentioning. They have him in, in the odds. I feel like he's going to start off slow and, and you know, gradually progress as the season goes on and get more comfortable and, you know, get back to his normal self, you know? Mm-hmm. I could definitely see it going like that, um, especially because, like, every season of his career so far, he's started off the year really bad or really slow, at least, mm-hmm. um, and he just gets better and better as the year goes along. Um, so... I'm sure we'll probably see something similar to that. I'm not going to be overreacting at all uh, in the first couple months of the season. Um, just want him to stay healthy and get through those months, to be honest. But yeah, I guess that can conclude MVP predictions. I also have the finals favorites and conference finals favorites in front of me too, if we wanted to touch on those. So looks like at least we'll start in the East. FanDuel does have the same opinion as me, putting Boston number one, mm-hmm. and then Milwaukee is a close second, and Philadelphia, it kind of drops off to them. They're in a three-way tie with Brooklyn and Miami, which I think is a little interesting to have Brooklyn that high with you know, all the uncertainty. Yeah, Brooklyn ahead of Golden State makes no sense to me. Literally no sense to me, but... What am I? What do I? I think do? this is just Eastern Conference. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was like, what? So no, that makes <laughs> sense to me if it is uh, just one way. Yeah, just Eastern Conference. So they're tied with Miami and Philadelphia for the third spot, and then it it falls off a cliff after that to Chicago and Toronto. What? Which I honestly think Toronto's a little underrated here, all the way down there at twenty one hundred. I don't think I have a problem with the order, but the gap, because I looked it up here. I think I agree with that. Like, I don't know if I have a problem with the order they have the teams, Mm -hmm. but the gap between, like, Toronto's not, I mean, if Brooklyn's all the way up there, yeah. why in the Lord's good name is Toronto not? I'd put them in the same conversation due to the uncertainty. Yeah, exactly. Me too. So that's weird. Knicks also, I feel like, is a little bit higher than they should be. Just I just noticed they're... A decent amount ahead of the Cavs, which I don't know 
How do you guys feel about that? Knicks versus Cavs. I think the Cavs are much better, personally. Yeah. Yeah, I concur. I, I think the Knicks had that, like, one year, and I really want it to happen again, but it won't. Uh, yeah. And the Cavs, like, what do they not have except for upside? Like, there's not... Yeah. They've got the Mobley brothers going to do big things. Definitely not going to be a one-sided <laughs> pony. They're the next Gasol brothers, as far as I'm concerned. They got Rubio back. Uh-huh. They have Sexland. Yep. Jarrett Allen. I can... Jared Allen. In, in, yep. in what world is that like, oh, you know who could be better than that? The Knicks. The Maple Mamba is going to figure it out this year. What? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I'd agree with that. I don't see how the Cavs are this disrespected again going into this season. Going to jump over to the West now. Golden State, number one. No surprise. But, wow, this is very close. Mm-hmm. Clippers are only 20 behind them. It's 320 versus 340. And I, I'd agree with that. I think Clippers should be that high with having Kawhi and Paul George, you know, back into form. And they just have so much outside of that, too. They might be the deepest roster or just like the best roster, 1 to 12, you know. They resigned Batum. Yeah, they have Batum. Okay, nice. And uh, Norm Powell, Robert Covington, mm-hmm. you know, Marcus Morris, Zubots. Jeez. <laughs> Who am I forgetting? Brandon Boston. Yeah. You know, Amir Coffey have both played a little bit more for them. I forgot how deep the team actually is. Wow. Jeez. Reggie Jackson, I forgot to mention, who was their leading scorer last year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Luke Kennard. So, and Terrence Mann. Wow. I forgot to mention Jeez. him, too. Yeah. So, they're, <laughs> I, I don't know. They're, it's the Clippers. So, it's really hard to bet on the Clippers, you know? Um, but their team's looking really good. I, I think I still have the Suns number two. That's fair. So you feel confident in the Aiton situation? You think he's just gonna brush it off and well, he, keep playing? I think so. Yeah, that was an interesting situation. What, what was that whole situation even? Even like, like, was it just money situation or they didn't want to sign him to a five-year max? They wouldn't give him the fifth year. And so then they just waited until somebody offered him the four-year max because every other team can't offer him the fifth year because they don't have his bird rights. Uh. Only the Suns do. So they just waited for somebody to offer him the four-year um, max, and then the Suns, since he is a restricted free agent, had the right to like, take that, basically. you know. So they just picked him up on that offer, <laughs> which is kind of shady, but... Yeah, it's shady, but it's good business. So yeah, that's true. But I feel like there's definitely a lot of teams out there that would have given eight in the five year max if they could. You know. Oh yeah, definitely. All right, so this is where I decided to cut off our recording. Um, you know, Jacob ended up leaving a little bit early uh, for me and Anthony to talk about Sixer stuff, and yeah, there's just not really much else that you're going to be able to understand um, from Anthony's microphone. So. Hopefully we get that figured out in the future. I'm sure we probably will. But yeah, I uh, just want to say thank you guys for listening. Um, just a reminder, if you have forgotten or didn't listen to the intro, uh, I am going to be putting an episode up uh, about a week after this one that will contain an interview with Isaiah Roby of the San Antonio Spurs. So be sure to look out for that one. Tune into it. Check it out. Share it. Uh, spread it around the whole world. So yeah, it was a really fun time. Really good interview. 
stoked for how it turned out as well. So, but yeah, that should be it. Thank you guys for listening. I'll talk to you guys next episode. Mm-hmm.